Have you ever wanted knowledge, but not too much? Have you ever wanted someone, someone who could touch you up on the things that you don't really need to know? Then you could use a little bit of loosely intellectual. Yeah. Ah. 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 Check, yeah. check, 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 Cassian's back. Back again. Yeah. Billy in the house. I want to be where the sheeple are. <laughs> where the podcasters are. Yes, in this 39th episode, we finally have Billy back. I'm back. This is the limited edition in, in episode. Yeah. Very much limited edition. And we will be ending loosely. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> this is the we made it to episode. 39. We're not going <laughs> to make it over the hill. Just kidding. To the magic 40. This dog is licking my toes in a very real way right now. Wally loves your feet, but you oh, like it. Oh, hi, Wally. Oh, that's my knee. All right. Hi. Okay. Uh, so what are we talking it. about on this Roller 39th episode? Something that's pretty close to your heart. Pretty near. Mm-hmm. Pretty dear. Pretty beer. Ooh. Makes pretty beard. Schmear. <laughs> <laughs> Things that pretty actually we're talking fear. about not only something that's near and dear to your heart, Something that makes up your heart. Mm. Oh, muscles. Oh. But different. Muscles. A different muscle. Muscles, yeah. muscles. Oop, I think Jonah is awake. I thought oh. I heard a door. Oh. Just kidding. Just and we're back. <laughs> we're back. <laughs> Once oh. again. Mm. And we're back. Okay. So, I might be seeing things. It's very plausible. Ghosts. <laughs> Papers. No, <laughs> a ghost. So yes, today we're going to be talking about uh, weightlifting, but I think um, a little more specifically how weightlifting can be used to enhance, but maybe also impair athletic performance. Yes. Mm. I don't know if impair is really the proper No, word. that's not quite. <laughs> more like, maybe like what it can't get you. But right? we're looking at it through the lens of roller derby. Yeah. Yep. Mo- most importantly. So what are all the super awesome things it can do, and what are the things that maybe you need to pick up the slack elsewhere yeah mm-hmm. and the reason we're talking about this is because you guys have made a change with your fitness yep. working on my fitness yeah so fitness you, whole pizza in so my mouth fit and, <laughs> More fitness more like a bowl. fitness uh, <laughs> not it's a foley bowl because I wish I could dislocate my jaw and just like <laughs> what the fuck alright you can't it's not possible this is moving on missed. yeah um, um, oh, yeah, because oh. you guys you used to do CrossFit a lot, and yeah. now you're kind of emphasizing the weightlifting. Yep. Yeah, the change, and I'm happy so far that I've done it. Yep. It's Baba a little bully. It's yeah. a little hard during Isn't in it fun season. to not get winded as yeah. much? I mean, I still do after the warm-up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that doesn't go away, yeah. <laughs> that That's sucks. why I don't do any kind of dynamic warm-up no. anymore. I just stretch yep. and lift. Yep. If I've I have to do more than five reps of something, I go vom I, somewhere. I feel like you had said this once, and I use it. I go, I start once my, my squats start feeling okay. Then I'm like, I feel loose enough yeah. that yeah, I can that's actually how I, start. That's kind of how I, I live. something that you had kind of brought up, so. See, but now I've upgraded to... 
I'll stretch, and if my squat still doesn't feel good, I'll just be like, we're powering through. Here we go. <laughs> These are just going to be We're powering up through. Up <laughs> These fine, are all going to be no, it's not, no, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Wow, look at those um, peaks in the audio I think, when I talk. I think, uh, yeah, so I guess we could say why we made this. I don't know if it's important. Yeah. Well, I know at least for me, it's hard during the summer because I get very, very fatigued and overheated yeah. um, of the CrossFit workouts. Um, and I do cardio outside of that for running and stuff and then derby as well yeah and so just the like fatigue on fatigue on fatigue is too much for me in the it's summer like fatigue inception exactly fatigue inception and then like i don't have adequate recovery and yeah. i don't feel like i'm getting stronger because i'm not recovering right well yeah. yeah and like if we're just thinking about sports performance like first of all crossfit is not a great tool for general sports performance because mm-hmm. crossfit coins itself as the sport that lacks specificity, whereas one of the primary training principles for sports mm-hmm. performance is specificity. specificity. <laughs> <laughs> so, th- yeah, I think that's actually a really good point, yeah. though. For anyone who doesn't know what specificity is, basically it's the concept that the closer you can mimic the energetic and mechanical uh, aspects of a sport, the more your training will transfer over to that makes sense. your sport. So no, you sound so smart. <laughs> that's a good point. It's not just like, oh, I'm building strength. It's like, yeah. are you building strength in the way that you're going to use it? Yeah. So think about, sport? let's let's talk about, uh, think of like a swimmer where, like if you just think of like a normal freestyle, like reaching up, mm-hmm. picking the apple, putting it in the pocket for those, for the layman, <laughs> picking the apple, putting it in the pocket. What if the apple's too high? <laughs> Philip's like, I don't like the idea of that apple being that high up. Like, bitch, that's stupid. Like, You're telling me I can't even reach the apple? So if we think about a swimmer, and let's can't not swim and, either, so he's probably real offended by this whole conversation. He's got a paddle. So swimmers, uh, yeah. So think about picking the apple, putting it in the pocket, um, doing things apple that pocket. recruit like the lats more, like a pull up or a lat okay. pull down, mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. While isn't it isn't like uh, how to organize this thought. So specificity doesn't necessarily mean a swimmer should put wrist weights on and do freestyle. Mm-hmm. It means that they should do things that will help with their stroke. So a pull-up in that way will strengthen the lat and a lot of the pulling muscles that you're using. Um, so, like, there is specificity there. But So, like, some people can take specificity to, like, a whole new level. Like, I heard of a coach who, for rowers, was like, I want them to do... 40 reps of everything because I, I and I could have gotten the number wrong if a rower is listening just shut the fuck up I messed up <laughs> <laughs> that was the weirdest sound that came out of my oh, mouth God. but I was not ready for it to shut the fuck up <laughs> like I'm sorry just get over it because it's, it's about 40 strokes to do a 500 Sure. That might not be sure. right at all I, I don't know if that math checks more. out anyway we'll say 40 to do a 500 if I'm wrong I don't care because I'm never going to hear about it from you. Um, No, we'll have to hear about it. And they would say, like, oh, do 40 reps of everything. But, like, that's fucked up because that doesn't make any sense. Like, that's specificity to a a level that is just, like, you're a dumbass a little bit. Yeah. You may get overuse injuries. Overuse injuries, yeah. Yeah. And, like, that's when you start thinking about, like, oh, should a swimmer be doing pull-ups and stuff, like, when they're peaking for in-season? And, like, yes, but, like, how do you implement it? And that's a whole other thing. But then also on the topic, because so that's like mechanically and like muscle wise. But like as far as energetics go, think of like a volleyball player or yeah, volleyball. So 
if this would be dumb, have a volleyball player test their three mile run. Like what? How how does that make sense? Right. Right. Like to train aerobically at length for a volleyball player would be silly because volleyball is made up of like on average 15 second bursts mm-hmm. of a few maximal effort jumps and then rest before the next mm-hmm. rally or, or volley or whatever. Rally. Rally. <laughs> rally. Ace. Um, <laughs> volleyball terms. Um, so like training them for maximal effort jumps versus Let's see how quickly they can run three miles, which doesn't... That's such a good point. Yeah, so yes. that's what specificity is. Um, I already... How did we get there? Like we I got there from... Like CrossFit does not mm-hmm. help with specificity. So CrossFit helps if you want to be a CrossFit athlete, right? Absolutely. Like, it's very yes. specific to CrossFit. Yes, it is. Uh-huh. It is rather... <laughs> <laughs> and if you want general fitness, right? So yeah, like general can, population is where I yeah. see CrossFit fitting in into the world. But I definitely feel like I've noticed... Um, well, I don't actually know. So I learned very quickly. So this is my... We're How going, quickly? Talk to me in miles per hour. <laughs> I only go by kilometers. Zero um, to 100 real quick? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I... This is like... I'm going to my fourth week of programming. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that I feel like Oli takes way more out of me. Even though maybe it doesn't feel like I'm doing it. I mean, it feels like I'm doing a lot. But... It, it, it takes way more out of me in terms of energy and being able to do something after than CrossFit ever did. So I could go to a CrossFit class at 4.30 and then go to Derby at 7.30 and was relatively okay. Hmm. Now, if I do Oli hmm. and I do that at 4.30, it also takes longer to normally get through That's interesting. Um, my programming. But I feel way, like my legs are way more shot. I bet that has well legs. That would make sense because yeah. weightlifting is the sport of legs. <laughs> I would I would, all, I would almost venture yeah. to say um, all that, legs. I wonder, and this is just first guess. Like maybe that's a product of like with CrossFit, you you get your workout and you go do it, but mm-hmm. there's no prescription of intensity. Yes, really. Yeah. But if if your weightlifting mm-hmm. program says I'm doing eighty percent. For four sets of five, you have to, and you it says, it. and that weight is this many kilograms. You're gonna put that many kilograms on bar and do it. Yeah. Whereas with CrossFit, like people used to be like, "Oh, is that workout hard?" And I'd be like, "Any CrossFit workout can be easy. Yeah. If you do it with an empty bar and sandbag your ass off. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point, actually. I like I can make why. Fran a famously hard workout, the easiest workout on earth. I'll do it with a PVC. I'll do <laughs> jumping pull-ups, which for certain populations is a workout. Yeah. Granted, I'm a 24-year-old healthy male, so, and I could do them just as singles. I could just yeah. do it as, I could take two hours, then Fran's easy. Right, right. No, that's actually a really good point, <coughs> and I bet that is probably why. Like, when you go in now, it's like, no, I have to get this done. Yeah. I don't have a choice. Well, I mean, you do have it's a It's written choice, down. But it's, it's, it's in stone. Yeah. You know, you're not given just like, this is the RX, and then figure out where you are. Yeah. Is, this is what your max is, and so you need to do it. And so I feel like, so much more fatigued after Oli mm. and like way more ravenous after Oli. Ravenous. Ravenous. But then like I was also an idiot and like we had bouts and so I had to like move on my days around and I ended up going like six days in a row and so it was that and Derby and everything and I was like whoa, 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 whoa. just like that. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Things are going crazy. But I definitely um, I was actually talking because we have other people in our league who do strong women based uh, conditioning yeah, I like following those types tight. of things. Um, and so we were talking about, like, the differences in the Calais program and, and, like, how, at least at Treetown, how a little bit programming is done. Uh, but 
one thing, uh, I don't even know if I understand where I'm going with this idea. They don't do snatches? I feel like they we... Don't. Is that what you are? I feel like we've always <laughs> just spoken, and whatever came out, we just kind of rolled it. So go ahead. spoke. Um, oh, but I was talking to them today, and I was saying how one thing that I think is super helpful, and I think we're... Maybe this will be a tangent right into it. Mm-hmm. Um, that I think is really helpful with Oli is the way we squat, because you, you think of squatting, whatever, but there's, like, a technique to doing it, obviously. Mm-hmm is really reminiscent of derby stance and mm-hmm. how we should be able to stand in derby, right butt back, chest up. Like, all of these things are super important for derby because it allows you to maintain contact with a jammer yeah. um, instead of just getting pushed forward or going forward. Uh, so I, I always think that, like, a lot of the Olympic lift positions, especially, like, position one, really heavily mirrors, like, a, a good derby stance. Mm-hmm. Um, That's, like, definitely, like, the like stand-up You mean, like, blocking. the power position? Or yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you're kind of low, but you're ready and... Mm-hmm. That bar. Especially like how lethal blocks. Yeah, it's exactly. much like position one with like. I mean, there's a lot more dynamics to it, which maybe would be like the downfall just doing Olympic lifting, you know, because it's very dynamic as a sport, and you have to be able to move very easily as a sport. But I, I don't know. But we also do accessory workouts. Yeah. That support the muscles to do those lifts, and I think that is advantageous to the rest of derby as yeah. well, like strengthening mm-hmm. your core and other muscles. Yeah. Oh yeah. This sure. is all. I was wondering, this is all in my notes. I was actually kind of wondering this because, um, I mean, Oli's really, like, leg-heavy, but it seems to be, like, very hip-based, right? The idea mm-hmm. is, like, you generate, like, power in your hips, and then you're hitting the bar, and then you're everything. And Derby's very hip-centric, right? If you have really strong hips, and you can really open your hips up, and you have, like, really good mm-hmm. hip mobility, it makes you able to move a lot better. Um, but do you think you can get all of that, like, just from Olympic lifting? No. Okay. No. Um, and maybe... Hmm. I'm wondering how to work this in because I do have like all yeah. those kind of like limitations. Go from like, let's your go from the beginning. Let's go from your start outline. at the very beginning. I feel like I've sung that multiple times. It's been this. a really long time though. So all right, yeah, so let's go singing. real quick overview weightlifting for sports performance. Why weightlifting gets used in the strength and conditioning world, um, and I'm gonna miss some things, but here's just some very quick stuff to kind of start with so um one weightlifting movements often mimic the joint angles that you see in sports there's this really good um visual that i don't have pulled up but i'm just i just know it where they show you a tennis serve and they show you a i think i don't know if it's a cleaner snatch but from a certain position and they show that the joint angle at the knee is the same oh so well yeah basically the same so There is a there's something to consider when you consider that the body when fatigued or when under stress will go to where it's strongest. So mm-hmm. if you strengthen those joint angles, you you'll be stronger at those joint angles. Also, um, this is kind of just the fancier way of saying it is that uh, strength is or especially isometric isometric strength. So where you're not moving is joint angle specific. So if you want to be stronger with your knee. Uh, bent at 90 degrees, you need to be knee bent at 90 degrees. Um, Weightlifting improves rate of force development. So how quickly can you apply force to the ground? Mm -hmm. Ground Ground-based sports. Most sports are ground-based, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And... uh, Unless you're playing uh, Quidditch. Quidditch! Unless you're playing Quidditch. But if you're playing... Not Muggle Quidditch. I'm talking the real shit. The real shit. Mm. (laughs) You're in the motherfucking air. In the sky. 
<laughs> I just watched that uh, History of the Earth video. So, where he's like, we went to India. Nothing? Nobody has no, seen this? No. All right. Everybody on YouTube has seen it. <laughs> I'm not one of the Anyway, and then when you consider just like, you're doing weightlifting training. You're not using weightlifting for sports performance, which looks a little bit different. So, like, you are squatting and doing, like, strength mm-hmm. movements. So, you are getting stronger as well. Um, weightlifting also provides an opportunity to train a lot of things. You can train with jump training in a more control environment. So, when you consider using a box jump mm-hmm. to improve power, um, you can add a weight vest. To make it harder. You can jump higher to make it harder. But at some point, you're not really going to be able to jump much higher. And at some point, adding more weight on a vest becomes unsafe. Right. Right? Um, And in order to be able to progressively overload that kind of movement, it just gets a little... I think it's more convenient to use weightlifting. Because you can put a weight on the bar, and you can say, do a clean pull. And then next week, you can put 10 more pounds on the bar, and you can do that same clean pull. And you can still train the triple extension that everybody talks about. Mm -hmm. Um, But on the note of triple extension, another important thing, especially for contact sports that weightlifting does, is it trains triple flexion. So triple extension is when people talk about extension at the hip, at the knee, and plantar flexion at the angle. So really, triple extension is two extensions and a flexion. <laughs> if, you want to be a, if you want to be a dick to somebody, say that. Also, if you want to be a dick to somebody, when they say, Olympic, when they say they're an Olympic weightlifter, ask them what year they went to the Olympics. Oh. <laughs> um, so that's triple extension. Triple Dude, flexion we is... we got the sassiest Billy today, and I'm in, I'm in Yeah, I'm in it. rare form. I'm in uh, <laughs> Triple flexion is when you flex at those. So consider the catch of a power clean. Okay. Or power snatch, <laughs> yeah. or clean, or snatch. You have to flex at the hip, knee, and ankle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that is going to allow you to... You're going to be able to progressively overload that, which you can do, again, with jump training. You can do, like, depth jumps, or mm-hmm. just... It, that's where you step off a box, mm-hmm. land on go. the ground, and as quickly as you can, jump up. Or you can just do... You can basically do that without the jump. Mm-hmm. So you can just land, practice proper landing mechanics. Mm-hmm. But, again, I think weightlifting... And this is probably because I come from a weightlifting background is a more intuitive way to train that. And like I said, a more controlled way to train that. So, you know, I can put 100 pounds on the bar and have you power clean that. And then next week I can put 110 pounds on the bar and have you power clean that. And now I can quantify just how much I've progressively overloaded your triple flexion. And, uh, shit, what was I going to say? Oh, I was going to save that point. Um, And in contact sports, it's really relevant because... Triple flexion is how you absorb a blow, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, think about, and I know this is a little bit different, think about an offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. When he makes a hit or takes a hit, he's going to go into that some kind of flexion. So being able to train that, super important. Um, and on the note of the controlled environment, this was what I was about to say, is when you are doing a power clean, I think it's easier to look and assess movement quality versus jump training, stepping off a box. Of course, you can look and say, oh, your landing mechanics suck. You need to do this, this, this. But one thing that's great about weightlifting is that you do a lot of other strength movements that will directly translate to the quality of your weightlifting. Right. RDLs, front squats, Mm -hmm. et cetera. (laughs) Those are movements that you'll find in any strength and conditioning program. And 
knowing how to front squat really well is going to directly impact how well you right. can power clean or clean. Right. And because you're able to do those things, I think it's a lot easier and it's a lot more streamlined to be, you know, teach a power clean. Maybe so say someone on a three-day program, day one, you have them clean pull and front squat. Day two, you have them do some kind of power clean variation. Day three, you have them RDL. Now, all three days, you've done something that is going to affect your ability to clean, mm-hmm. right? Um, so that just kind of goes, that falls under the controlled environment uh, uh, category to me. Um, and then this is kind of backtracking to the rate of force development thing. Basically, for the layman, <laughs> for the layman, weightlifting will help you sprint faster, jump higher. There is a plethora of research that shows that that is the case. Um, one article that I read, one study that I read, uh, it showed that 10 meter sprint performance and squat jump performance, that's when you don't use a counter movement jump, mm-hmm. were affected. Uh, okay, make sure I say this right. They increased more so than the group who used traditional jump training. So single legged jumps, okay. box jumps, vertical jumps, those kind of things. So the weightlifting group, 10 meter sprint and squat jump all increased much more, statistically more than the um, jump training people. Mm -hmm. But then the other things that they tested, um, counter movement jump, 20 meter sprint performance, those things were, they they kind of increased just the same Mm -hmm. as the jump people. So weightlifting does do a couple more things. That's really interesting. Yeah. It is very interesting. I have learned so much already. I feel like you need to do a podcast just about (laughs) this. I guess there, there are, are some, probably podcasts yeah. out there. Oh, absolutely. But <laughs> I basically said a bunch of stuff that I've just podcasts? said. I've just, or, or like from like NSCA lectures or whatever mm-hmm. that I'm just kind of regurgitating. Because it's so, it's knowledge that's so easily accessible now. There's not a lot of novel things you can say. That's true. You know, like I, right. I don't foresee, and maybe this is because I'm a youth and I am naive, but I don't foresee a lot of things that people are going to be like, oh, weightlifting does this, this didn't do. And it's right. like, oh, we've kind of explored it a lot. And more research is coming out about weightlifting and oh, how it can be used for sports performance. But I think a lot of the stuff is, it's so accessible and right. kind of not saturated, but, you know. But as for derby, it's basically mostly the same benefits, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I said rate of force development, able, ability to absorb force and apply force. Those are all, those are things that directly, uh, you know, that happen in, in Derby. But then the main thing that's like, this is a good re- thing that you're doing instead of CrossFit, especially in season, is because Derby is largely anaerobic, right? What's the, what, how long is a what thing? Two, Two minutes. minutes. If it goes Max. that long, yeah. Yeah. So at that point, it's like. It doesn't feel anaerobic when you're <laughs> out there. <laughs> but as you scientists know. It is, because it's. Case only two minutes but it's only two it is because it's only two minutes but then again you're doing it in two minute bursts over one whole hour yeah and right. so it's so training the system to be able to do it over and over and over again without now on the subject of recovery over a, over many anaerobic bouts bouts um <laughs> right but, right, but bouts is a derby word yeah, 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 yeah. oh yeah. god um so there are multiple schools of thought that if you want to find research saying either thing, you can easily go find yeah. both sides of the story that 
Some people say aerobic capacity affects your ability to recover for anaerobic bouts. And there are some people that say, nope, doesn't happen. But there's this one bit of research that I think is very compelling um, by Jay Hoffman that kind of compromises where he looked at um, a tactical population. So I, th- I think it was Army specifically. Mm-hmm. And basically what he found is that, yes, aerobic capacity does affect the ability to recover for anaerobic bouts of exercise. However, once you go past the mean VO2 max of that population, the, the benefit starts to taper off. Okay. So once you go, once your VO, so let's, let's say, okay, a group of, of army people (laughs) (laughs) once, so, so say they're running like half mile repeats, the people who have the low, on the low end of the bell curve of VO2 max aren't recovering as well. The people in the middle are recovering quite well. But then the people at the upper end are only recovering marginally better than the people at the middle of the bell curve. Okay. So at some point, you start to lose that benefit of recovery. So does the, that, where that VO2 needs to be dependent on the activity that you're doing? Um, so that is something I would need to explore more, mm-hmm. but that's kind of the conclusion that he drew. Okay. Um, I've also seen a similar article about hockey players. Okay. Since they're doing pretty short bouts of, mm-hmm. yeah. of intense exercise, where it showed that at a certain point, aerobic capacity isn't affecting players' ability to recover um, Interesting. between mm-hmm. lines. Okay. Um, but there's no, at the moment, there's no like hard and fast rule about that, you know? Mm-hmm. So you can kind of find research supporting either side, right, right. which is true for most things. Very much confirmation bias. I go read the articles about weightlifting and they're like, weightlifting is better than jump training. And you're like, but out. I'll bet if I just sacked up and like went for it, I would find some very compelling evidence that jump training is, is a positive thing. And all these articles kind of hedge their risk at the end where they're like, the good the strength and conditioning practitioner should be incorporating both modalities. And That's it's not like, always okay, good, right? okay. Yeah. So I thought you were gonna. This is not, great, but still. I thought you had the courage. <laughs> but no. No. Of course not. <laughs> so, let's talk about some of the limitations. Yes. Of weightlifting, specifically for Ruler derby. derby. But first mm-hmm. of all, the first, the two limitations that I hear the most from people about weightlifting for sports performance mm-hmm. is one that it's hard to teach. That's which, fair. See, I think it's bullshit. Really? I think if you can't teach people to perform the movements reasonably well in one or two sessions, mm-hmm. you need to find a new way to teach mm-hmm. because you're clearly not teaching this well enough. Right. And when you consider all the derivatives of weightlifting you can use, mm-hmm. you know, people say like, oh, I, uh... I can't teach them to power clean that amount of time. But can you teach them to clean pull from mid-thigh? You absolutely should be able to teach them to clean pull from mid-thigh. Even if your long-term plan is next year to teach them to power clean, and for one full year, you're just going to hammer the clean pull until they are so fucking tired of it. Mm -hmm. Like, at least now you're still having a long-term plan for how you're going to incorporate that. So hard to teach, not to offend anybody, but I think is kind of a a cop-out. Mm-hmm. that you don't want to learn how to teach it. Yeah. I actually heard of a coach whose reason for not, because someone confronted him and was like, you can't teach a, a clean pull from top of the knee in an hour. 
and he said he doesn't like how much noise it makes. And it's like, all right, you're just you're grasping at straws yeah, yeah, to stay out of the weightlifting try. camp at that yeah, point. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the <laughs> other thing that people say is that it's dangerous. Which, granted, any movement done poorly, unsupervised, and yeah. loaded mm-hmm. can be dangerous. Yeah, exactly. It's dangerous to drive your car to work. It's dangerous when you get out of bed. You have immediately. Set yourself up for danger. Staying in bed Stay, can be dangerous. Staying exactly. in bed. How many times have you got so wrapped up in your sheets that it's started <laughs> to strangle yourself? Me? A baker's dozen. Absolutely. If a baker's dozen is 18 times, a baker's dozen. Six for the baker. Half dozen for the baker. Oh my god. Uh, but the danger thing is also that kind of bullshit. <laughs> Um, as someone that I totally fanboy and is Mary's friend, Andy Galpin says in one of his NSCA uh, lectures, no movement is inherently bad. And I think the danger argument kind of implies that weightlifting movements are bad. There really is no bad movement, just poor application Mm -hmm. or, you know, use of it. Or Um, adaptation. Also, when you look at, yeah, it's more about what is the Mm -hmm. adaptation that you also, the research shows that weightlifting is relatively safe. And we've talked about this before, about so, CrossFit yes. too. Strength sports are actually relatively safe sports. When you consider that, when you line them up with football, basketball, right. any yes. contact sport, yeah. the, the rate of injury is so much lower. Yeah, how many people in weightlifting develop the like chronic impact disorder of like football players? Right, yeah. yeah. How many concussions have much, you seen yeah, in weightlifting? Right. I mean, I probably almost gave myself one last week. Oh, yeah. I dropped the bar because I didn't catch the snatch right, and it went right in my forehead. And you just learned oh, not boy. to do that again. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'm not trying to be like, because it doesn't give you concussions, it's safe. Oh, of course. Like, I mean, no, like, the reason it's safe is because injuries. per hundred or thousand work hours, it has a very low rate of injury. And people are like, look at the Olympics, those guys who dislocated their whatever or hyperextended their elbow and it fucking snapped. Like, they're like far on the right. extreme. Yeah. Right, that person right. was also attempting 102% of their one rep max yeah. to... I feel, I feel like someone's like, like, honey, you're not, that's not going to be you. So don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> right, I feel like it's kind of the, I don't do CrossFit because I don't want to get... I don't want to look like those girls in the games. Oh, I'm like, God. honey, do you think after a week you're going to look like somebody you, who's taking human you? girl hormone? Please. <laughs> Shots <laughs> fired! <laughs> but yeah. even, not even that, it's just like that you're not, like, that's not what you do for a living. Yeah. So don't worry about it. Exactly. You're going to casually be lifting. You're not going to yeah, be right. yeah, spending think, six hours a day. You think three days a week is going to do that? Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Good luck. So let's kind of hone in on derby specifically. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Limitations of weightlifting for derby. First thing I have here is conditioning. Fatigue. There's no conditioning. (laughs) (laughs) There's no conditioning in weightlifting. Yeah, Um, tell me about it. Unless you're doing like a set of like six, then fuck, ugh, I vom after every set. (laughs) How fast are you doing those six? It takes Uh, like an hour. Every two minutes, (laughs) I'll do one rep for six reps. (laughs) Um, But honestly... You're, you're in season, and the fact that you had about yesterday, a scrimmage today, and then you have about next weekend, mm-hmm. that kind of mm-hmm. tells me you don't need a lot of conditioning. The conditioning is something that should be done in the off season. I mean, mostly. it doesn't feel good. 
I don't know right. if that's a sign that any more conditioning should be <laughs> And, like, you're probably yeah. doing... Like, Might be super sore today. And your practices are probably incorporating enough conditioning-type things that you're kind of set on that, right. on that yeah. front. Um, another limitation is when you're doing weightlifting, and I'm not talking about weightlifting for sports performance where you'll do some weightlifting movements, you'll do a strength movement, and then accessory movements that are, uh, are correlative to your sport. I'm talking about you're only you're training as a weightlifter for derby. Mm-hmm. There's kind of inherently misplaced specificity, right? right? You're mm-hmm. you're training the specificity of a weightlifter when you're a derby person. Yeah, a yes. derby person. That was actually that's appropriate. That's good. That was very yes. appropriate. Very inclusive. Yeah, as roller derby. Oh, I wasn't trying to be like PC. I just didn't know what to call it. <laughs> Say, <laughs> a, a, a derbier. Derbier. A, 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 der- I mean... a whirling dervish. <laughs> Can Dervish please, Delight. Can, that could be a derby name. That would be really yeah. good, actually. Uh, copyright. No, but that's, that's a really good point, though. Actually, I was actually I was talking to um, another skater this morning, and we were saying how like the the interesting thing about roller derby is that it's this weird like amateur sport that is a grassroots movement at its basis, but is becoming increasingly athletic. Mm-hmm. You know, if you look at like the top top, top teams. You look at them and they're athletes, purely. I mean, that's what they are. They train really hard outside of it. They have a lot of, like, personal coaching that is much more, right, derby-centric, maybe, in the ways that they're doing their training. But for the rest of us that are in this, like, weird intermediate where we really love derby and we want to achieve as much as we can, we're trying to incorporate all these other aspects of being a quote-unquote athlete, off-skates conditioning and all that, but trying to figure out what's best for Derby without maybe having the means of always trying to figure out what's best for Derby. Mm-hmm. So, like, are these workouts really going to help? Or, you know, we're all kind of just, like, trying to pick and pull and be like, well, this might really work. You know, there are some teams who got, like, really into the CrossFit thing, mm-hmm. and that's what they do as a team. Like, they, you know, um... Angel City. Angel, Angel, yeah, Angel City's a big one. A lot of them do CrossFit. Um, I think Ann Arbor's becoming more predominant, like, weightlifting-based, but... Yes. It's kind of interesting because I feel like for a lot of other sports, there's probably information out there on like these are the best ways to maybe train to become really good at this. And for derby, it's still like a big. Yeah, I mean, there are things really that know. like are probably really apparent that will be good for it. Right. But you know, it's not like most coaches. You could probably just go and be like, oh yes, yeah, so I play roller derby. So like, you know, do something. They could uh-huh. figure it out. I don't yeah. doubt that people could figure it out once they watch it. But it's just. You know, we're all kind of trying to figure it out at once. The other challenge is that roller derby itself is evolving. So it used to be a very fast-paced sport, and now it's more about slow, having more strength and stopping and, like, holding down a jammer. Yeah, edges. Edges. Always edges. (laughs) (laughs) Edges of your skates, like, very, like... Bane of my existence. I know. So, basically what it sounds like you're trying to do is you're trying to, like do the job of the of a strength conditioning coach yeah because there really isn't a lot of there aren't a lot of resources strength conditioning for exactly. derby. the stuff exactly. that i looked at too is stuff that i just kind of fundamentally so, didn't I mean, agree with. it would be like the league having to be like we're going to hire in somebody mm-hmm. who is going to develop a strength and conditioning program for our league and most leagues just don't do that because right? that costs a lot of money right, and right. like you'd have to go and you'd want to go to someone who obviously really knows what they're talking about yeah, yeah. Really? and our league is Hey-o. supported by us Right. With skaters. So, so we don't really have a lot of extra cash flowing in. I mean, in. it's already, you know, sometimes hard enough to get people to do off skates. Mm-hmm. So I can't imagine them being like, True. we're going to up dues prices again so that we can afford a strength and conditioning coach. Yeah. But ultimately, I think that's 
kind of, you know, maybe where some of it will eventually go. And like I said, I think a lot of, like, really top derby athletes have their own personal coaches. They sit down and they, you know, this coach, mm-hmm. the coaches watch derby, they do all of that, and then, you know, make workouts that are really tailored to derby-based skaters, but... A lesson that I learned from a strength coach and weightlifting coach that I very much look up to is that it's important to not be a a girl, but guy. It's not, it's, it's bad to be a guy. I'm a hockey guy. I'm a football guy. I'm a baseball guy. It's important to be a practitioner. Yeah. That's a good point. Mm. And with that mindset, it should be relatively easy or at least very much doable for a strength conditioning practitioner to look at Derby, perform a needs analysis, yeah. and say this is how to train a Derby athlete. Yeah. I mean, you can find research on damn near every sport yeah. that That's is done really at a point. high level. That's I read an really article today. Yeah, I read an article today about how to train figure skaters. Right. I mean, I think that's the thing of just um, yeah, you know, getting the finding the people who would do that. Who would actually do that? And like do you that. said, any really truly good strength and conditioning coach would be able to say I mean right it's going back to what you're saying of like if you understand like metabolics and energy and you, you just get the basis of how all of that works mm-hmm. right like you should be able to figure out the movements yeah, that right, are right. going to be best for you I was talking to someone this fucking lamp that like, lamp behind Emily is <laughs> really a my existence I was talking to this other skater the other night and we were talking about different workouts because I'm gonna go to uh, the gym she goes to tomorrow morning to do like they're like the, like the low weight but like higher rep, maybe more like a hit based kind of workout. Hit. Um, but we were talking about it and and I was saying how I think like at least in derby like people tend to sprawl into like really varied workouts. They have, and I, I I would I don't know I probably wager like most athletes probably do a lot of different types of things from weight training to a bunch of other shit that's a little bit more specific. But I was saying that it almost feels like as long as you're smart about it and you're actually doing workouts that are, if the purpose of those workouts is to make you better at roller derby, as long as that's happening, um, I feel like the more you do, it's kind of good, right? You're learning way more about your body and how your body moves and how it functions. And the more you know about all those movements, the better you can use them in a sport like roller derby without ever thinking about it. Yeah. If I just understand the mechanics of my body and maybe the more varied things I do, the, you know, more I learn about it. Yeah, and the fact is, like, most people playing roller derby, <clears throat> their training age, as far as resistance training goes, is probably very low. Yeah. I bet on average it's, it's almost, it might be zero for most populations mm-hmm. doing roller derby. Um, and the fact is, at that, oh, poor Doge. Phil is saying it's dinner time. Dog. He's very angry at me. This is his doggy like, dinner time. Doggy dinner. Um, for the for people like that with a very low training age, any reasonable strength program is going to give results. Right. Any reasonably put together, um, whether it's hit or weightlifting based or even if they're doing, like you said, strong women, they're going to get some kind of benefit from yeah. it because they're going to get stronger and there's yeah. no substitute for being strong. Exactly. I think like, ultimately that's kind of, it's better to at least do something. Right? Yes. Because you're going to get some benefit out of it. Like mm-hmm. regardless of what that is or how much of a benefit, like mm-hmm. you're going to get something. And I know that's like also that hard thing with, with roller derby when we get like newer skaters coming in and, and Ann Arbor really prides 
our, we, we pride ourselves on taking anybody mm-hmm. to our fresh right. camps, right? So you can know literally nothing about roller skating. You could be someone who was a speed skater all your life or figure skater and like skating is just second nature to you. Um, but because of that, you end up with a lot of people who maybe were not athletic growing up, like maybe don't really do a lot of physical activity and all of a sudden we're throwing them into a sport really kind of in a way, um, that is not intuitive. Like the muscles you use in roller derby sometimes are not like you do things that are not, that don't always make sense. Like yeah. if I was like, you well, move your body you know, in a way that you don't normally We were talking move. about today at, um, at a class earlier this morning. Uh, it's just jumping, right? Like, normally when I think to jump, I'm probably going to go into my toe. Like, I might go more, more forward, whatever it is. But, like, in derby, you have to be really careful of where your weight is always placed because you're on wheels. So things are just, mm-hmm. like, not intuitive. And so we don't emphasize off-skate strength training to a lot of our newer skaters. And I think we should be, like, much more, like, this is really something you should consider. Like, don't go crazy right away if you don't want to. But, like, consider doing this to lower the risk of injury for yourself. Because yeah. injury is a risk of roller derby. Um, to make it easier to pick up skills that might be very unnatural to you, and then just to get better faster, right? If you just, yeah. you know, work out more. What yeah. you just said about, like, weight placement in the foot is so reminiscent of what, of weightlifting that, like, I'm even, as you said that, I was like, holy shit, definitely weightlifting is a tool. For, because, like, the way yeah. that the foot interacts with the ground, this is also mm-hmm. why throwing coaches like throwers to do weightlifting movements, because the way that, that your foot interacts with the ground during the weightlifting movements very much mimics things that are done in sport. Right. Like, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just really interesting, but taking all of that and trying to, you know, again, skate people who maybe maybe never skate, and you're just trying to figure out what muscles you even have to use to propel yourself forward, mm-hmm. because it doesn't make sense. You can't do what you would do just walking. So it's something that we try to get fresh meat to do. But Yeah, and what you just said about, like, injury prevention, too, like, the stuff that a dirt a, a derby player, player yeah. boutist. Ooh, I like that <laughs> derby boutist. The thing that a boutist can do, <laughs> the things they can do to like just marginally decrease the risk of injury are relatively simple things, like just yeah. very basic um, posterior chain work, like glute stuff with uh, like a, a mini band that you mm-hmm. can just do with. Mm. <clears throat> I mean, like sideline straight leg raises, clamshell stuff like that that just gets the glute going. Right. Gets the glue going. Gets it going. It's provocative. <laughs> monster so walks. True. Yeah. How re- how relevant is a monster walk for derby? So relevant. Right? So like I just basic like little those. things like that that a derby boutist can do to kind <laughs> right. of marginally decrease the risk of injury. I mean, it's like some Pretty stuff. Simple. You know, maybe you can't always avoid certain broken bones just because if you fall weird, like, you fall weird. And, uh-huh. like, there's not much. But it's that idea, right? Again, if you're really cognizant of your body in time and space, which you can get through doing a lot of cross-training and stuff like that, um, then when you're maybe mid-air, you're maybe a little bit more aware of what you're doing and you might land a little bit safer yeah. than someone who is just like, Absolutely. You know, and that's going to cause a lot more damage another thing i was wondering your opinion on this so i know a lot of us in derby have started ramwad so like the really in like long just long stretching yeah it's it's in yoga yeah so i mean i'm assuming it's like well supported that it's a good thing to do stretching well not just stretching. (laughs) you're gonna open a can of worms because stretching's a little controversial there is some literature saying there is no effect on anything with if you stretch post-workout but I uh, personally, I feel like it benefits me. Same. Yeah. But there are some literature 
there's like a small body of literature saying that there's no effect. Yeah. On like just stretching as a whole, or is that so, like when you do thirty seconds stretching? Oh, I don't know the details of like their experiments or what they did. Right. So the methods of those kinds of experiments are super important. Like mm-hmm. there was this big thing, like don't stretch before you work out. It'll decrease really? how high you jump. It'll decrease your rate of force development. But then when you look at the study, they had people hold a hamstring stretch for like two minutes. Who the fuck stretches for yeah. in the same pose for two minutes before a workout? No. It's not practical at all. No. So the practical application of that that study is kind of limited because I mean, just think about some of the things that you do. Like I always do pigeon before mm-hmm. I work out because I have to squat every day for weightlifting. Like, and I don't, but I don't do it for like four minutes. I'm not doing yin yoga before right. I do it. I'm right. doing this for like 20 seconds to loosen up. No, I also definitely... some, some stuff has come out that it's fine to stretch as long as you do some kind of dynamic warm up in addition to that. Oh, okay. That's so, good to know. But yeah, yeah, the literature on like flexibility and all that is pretty hit or miss. Um, especially when you think of like foam rolling. Foam rolling right now is okay. kind of a weird topic because... I am so confused about the purposes of foam rolling. Foam I really rolling. don't get it. Mm. So, there's, like, speculative stuff that says it increases blood flow to the muscles. But that's... First of all, that's not proven. Yeah. Second of all, kind of the opposite has been proven. Ooh. Where that doesn't happen because you can't begin to apply enough force... To the muscle to mm-hmm. actually stimulate that kind of thing. Wow, it does not feel that way. One thing, yeah, yeah right? Like so it doesn't so feel that force. way. But then there are also, th- before I move on, the, I read one thing that actually said it decreases blood flow to the muscle because it's so superficially working that the blood flow goes to the skin oh. and the muscle actually mm-hmm. isn't very affected. And all this stuff about like, it's, it's clearing waste products. Same kind of thing. You're not probably applying enough pressure for mm-hmm. that to actually be true um people are are on both sides of the should i roll the it band argument and one thing that i heard um from someone at, over at michigan state they said absolutely you can form all your it band your it band is so fucking strong for you to apply enough force to it for it to become to have so much laxity that you're at risk for injury you would pass out from the pain before you would Damn. get that result. It's like, like a you steel would... rebar cable, essentially, from your knee to your hip. Right. Like it's very, very right. strong. For you to even begin to impact that, to the extent that some people say it's so dangerous, like, you you would be bawling your fucking eyes out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it would be... Just so... barely massaging it. Barely it putting pressure hurts. on it right. hurts. Right, right. Um, one thing that I actually heard the other day, and I have no scientific basis for this, um, but this doctor of physical therapy, I watched this video where he said, basically what you're doing with a lacrosse ball or a foam roller, it's all neurological where okay. think of, <laughs> That's think, good. think yeah, of this, I mean, uh, in a way, good. you get a cut on your arm and it hurts like a bitch, mm-hmm. but then I come up and I break your finger. The and cut, don't think about it anymore. The cut is by no Wait, means. so the pressure you're inducing, like just makes you forget about the pain. That's like already... Well, not like kind of. Is what he's basically saying. You know what, though? I feel like I could potentially second that, because it always feels good right after you from roll. Right. But then if you go about your life and you forget about it, you, st- like, I, you know, quote, stiffen back up, right? Like, my soreness comes back. It doesn't keep it away. This is this is actually a very important point that you're making here without realizing it, is that there are 
good applications for foam rolling. Mm -hmm. Whether it is to make an athlete believe that they're recovering more, because if you feel like you're recovering more, you're recovering more. That's just... Because the, the because your mindset is so important to recovery, mm-hmm. but I read this very interesting study that showed that uh, just classic PNF stretching, it compared that with foam rolling the hamstring, and at the end the there was no statistical significant statistical statistic significance between uh, the stretching group and the foam rolling group for increases in hamstring flexibility. Really. Now, there are things that could be going on there with how flexible your back also right, got. Right, right. Um, but I think there is something to be said about that. And on the note of flexibility, a lot of what people say now is that foam rolling, yes, will have a good effect, but you also have to do some kind of load-bearing exercise with it. So um, foam rolling your quad and then going into a squat. Not a squat for strength, but a squat, just a deep squat, mm-hmm. maybe holding like a little dumbbell or a kettlebell or something or putting a bar on your back and just sitting deep. That's going to have so much more effect than just foam rolling. Interesting. I will say, I mean, like from doing mm-hmm. Ramad, if, I, if I'm like consistent and I do it after working out, I feel way less sore the next day just yeah. by doing really good stretching. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, I guess the point of foam rolling is probably not to do it after you're already sore. But um, what's your opinion then on stuff like Tiger Bomb? Do you know that? Oh, that's the yeah. stuff you, like, rub on yeah. you. Yeah, like, is, there, is that psychological, or is, there, is it actually doing anything? I don't know. Because I've always been wondering about, like, the... Because like it kind of makes you burn a little. Like, the topical-based, like, this right. will loosen be, Yeah, like, I've used, like, biofreeze on my knees. Yeah. But, like, I don't know if it does anything. Like, I remember someone being like, you can use peppermint oil. And I was like, but is it... Like, it's not getting... It may make it cooler. So, psychologically, again, maybe I'm like, okay, it's cool, so I don't feel right. the pain. Yeah. But, like... Once it wears off, I'm still sore. Yeah. <laughs> like that's it's kind of like an analgesic effect, unless especially it's my, with Biofreeze. And yeah. it might increase circulation a little bit with, like, peppermint oil. Maybe it's one of those things that you put it on and then you work out, and, like, you just don't notice that you're sore. So it just mm. allows you to get past it <laughs> without realizing it. Yeah, it's, d- it's difficult to say with that kind of thing. I've never seen any... I haven't seen any research about that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I'll bet is that there might be a short-term benefit... But after, call it four days, you'd probably be at the same baseline level as right. a control group. That makes that's kind of that's what I read about like cold baths too. Yeah, I was about to ask that. Cold yeah. baths, I because I've heard very mixed. I'm by no means an expert on cold baths, but yeah. what I read is that uh, after 24 hours, so there's cold bath group, control group, control control group did no kind of uh, recovery modality. At 24 hours, uh, ice bath group. Felt more, felt less fatigued, but at seventy-two hours, everybody was at the same level. Interesting. So well, that's the peak of DOMS, because <laughs> you're doing the same amount of damage. You're just reducing usually with the um, the ice bath, the initial inflammatory response. Right. So you might feel better, and that's why after long runs, um, usually. Like, when I reach, like, 15 miles, I'll do an ice bath. I feel better because that day I can go do things. Right, right. Okay. That's the sole purpose I do it. And that's, like, at the end, practical application right, section. They yeah. say, like, if you have a game on Friday and a game on Saturday, do go do it on Friday so you're ready for Saturday. That's a good but idea. on Tuesday, it's all the fucking same. Okay. You're still going to feel, yeah. Oh, that's good to know, though. 
Very interesting. This has been such an informative and educational episode. I'm excited to listen back to it and take notes. <laughs> <laughs> Educate really yourself. Billy Cedar, CSCS. Yeah, no, like, I mean, it's like, it's, I think it's things that, like, most people don't ever think about when they're working out. Like, it's easy to just, like, maybe do what other people are doing or mm-hmm. things like that without ever thinking about maybe why we do certain movements that we do or mm-hmm. recover, attempt to recover in the way that we recover. Yeah. So and, like, I by no means want to hurt anybody's placebo effect right. from foam rolling. I hate right. people. I hate... Uh, I mean, the other day, like somebody working. walked up to somebody foam rolling and said, this is not, like, a hypothetical. I, this happened. I <laughs> And he's like, that does nothing. And I was like, why would you ruin that for him? Yeah. Maybe he felt better, but now he's going to be like, hey, he's right. This doesn't do anything. Nothing's different now. <laughs> Like, fuck you! He just ruined his placebo effect! Mm-hmm. Don't do that! That's such a shitty thing to do to someone. If I take vitamin C, which I'm told does fucking nothing once you reach, like, your daily, yeah. like, a certain amount... You just pee like, it out. I, yeah, right, right. Yes. If it still makes me feel like I'm not getting sick, don't fuck with me on that. Yeah. If I'm not sick, which, don't ruin which that frankly, for me. If you're mm-hmm. getting that through consumption of, like, food, you're probably eating other nutrients that you need anyway. Keep yes. it. It's fine. It's not yeah. hurting. It's not hurting you. Yeah. Right. Hopefully. I've never, and probably you're that. not getting scurvy. So right. that's another. <laughs> and here, hey, yar. <laughs> but yeah, I remember. Also, I think it's maybe similar to like right. Once you start getting sick, like at that point, taking a shit ton of vitamins does and not, nothing. Does you're not. fucked. You and I hate that I know that. Now. I mean, keep yourself hydrated and everything. Like that will help. Yeah. But you know. You it, think? But it does suck. But placebo effect is really strong. Like, it's a very real thing. And psychologically, it can do a lot. Like, I don't if remember you just if think you guys. I don't know if you guys remember this, but like a year ago, I got a book called Bad Science. I think so, yeah. yeah I, it, I don't. It's on your little bookshelf. It's on my little bookshelf. Okay. <laughs> my, I saw we, it. my wee little bookshelf. <laughs> That's redundant. They both wee mean little. <laughs> you. Anyway. Um, I finally read it, and he talked oh, about, good. like, placebo effect and how the group that had four sugar pills improved more than the group that had two sugar pills, and, like, that kind of <laughs> shit is, like, crazy to me. Yeah, like, you just think it's working. Yeah. Yeah. Or, like, okay. how much you spend on your placebo affects yeah. how much it works. Really? There was this one study that he cited, well, I don't know if this was, yeah, it must have been, like, a legit study, where there were two women with, like, with stomach issues. And they gave them Ipecac. Hmm. Makes you and puke. T- right. And they were like, this will help make you feel better. They felt better afterwards. Just they didn't they, throw up? Yeah. What? Just because they so strongly believed. believed. They were like, oh, good. This is going to help. That's both amazing and terrifying, right? <laughs> uh-huh. The ability for your brain to just convince yourself, you're fine. <laughs> like, yeah. that's crazy. But amazing, too. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah, so amazing. So amazing. Yeah, so cool. We're, like, at an hour. Yeah. Yeah, we're should we go ahead and wrap it up? Do you have anything else? Um, nah, man. I, I mean, I had some other limitations, but we're kind of deviated away from that so far. That Is just, there anything important Um, Just, like, you know, weightlifting only happens in the sagittal plane, really, and derby is not... So that's much true. That, yeah, it's in all the planes, more dynamic. Really. That's a good point. But, but again, sorry, the that's mood like, doesn't feel right. <laughs> right, but again, that's like maybe a supplement with other things. Like, there's probably yeah. no unless like you're doing weightlifting to weightlift, and that's your goal, right? Like, you're probably gonna need other right. Things. And that's kind of like the the summary of the limitations is that the fact of the matter is you're training to be a weight. You're doing weightlifter training. 
not weightlifting in your training. You're doing weightlifter training, and there will inherently be some gaps. Exactly. And you have to fill those gaps somehow. Exactly. Um, fill the hole. Fill the hole. <laughs> that was really funny. You, you gotta fill it. the hole. You have to. That's what they say. You could break an ankle. So if the, you that's what the literature says. Exactly. The literature fill the hole. does say, regardless of expense or placebo effect, fill the hole. I do have a question for your expertise. Do you expertise. think that creeps me out? Do you think a pirate that's doing weightlifting oh. has a good hook grip? Oh <laughs> no! I mean, only half. <laughs> well, actually, I guess the hook would be good, <laughs> but overhead is gonna be a. That's gonna be tough. I mean, even down. front rack would be kind of fine. But this, yeah, if you're in the slide. hook, it's gonna slide, right? Huh? I don't know. Oh yeah, you're not gonna it'll get slide from side, side to side. side. <laughs> that's not good. That's that's hard. not what you want when the bar's overhead. That's hard for a you pirate. You don't want this. That's hard for a pirate. Life's hard. Do you think a peg leg affects it? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, where does it? Like below the knee, above the knee? <laughs> that's oh, a I don't good know. question. Below the knee would probably be easier. This above is how you have to think as harder. a strength and conditioning coach. <laughs> where does the peg start? <laughs> you could already tell you're on the way. Yeah. <laughs> The hook grip question, do they still have the elbow? Yeah, it's just Is it wrist, at the wrist. down? It's wrist just down. the wrist. Yeah. Wrist down. But still, how do you grip it? Mm. Maybe, but you could maybe make a hook that would allow you to actually hook grip. I'm sure you could mm. figure that out. The, like, claw. Haven't you ever seen those uh, Instaposts team assembly required? No. Oh, it's all people who, like, are missing, like, limbs and stuff, oh, and they yeah. do CrossFit? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they have, like, yeah, attachments and stuff where yeah, they'll do, that like, allows clean. Them to actually, it has, like, a little, and they, like... Yeah. Yeah, it works for that. They them. do this, and then do that, and then it works. And bam, you did it. Kind of. And then, yar! <laughs> Scurvy! Have I? PR! PR! Oh, yeah. yes, dude! I got one. <laughs> uh, is there anything else? Oh, God, this, I swear to God, this lamp. <laughs> gonna, this goddamn lamp. I'm gonna hit it's it. It's because it goes like all the way down to the floor. Yeah. For sure it does. I know it's there, so it never really bothers me. I just keep forgetting that it's there. Yeah. I elbow it. And it's like a paper. (laughs) Yeah, so it freaks me out a little bit, because I'm like, who's that? It's the size of a person. A small person. Yeah, it is, actually. But yeah, Um, a small... So how do we wrap it up? Oh, I I guess... What's um, the plan of releasing this? Do you have a set idea? I can do it this week. Because if that's the case... And you're listening. We do have another home game this weekend. Yes, June 24th. Yeah, it will be Vigies versus East Lansing Mitten Mavens. Yep, I will be very, playing. Very, very good game. Followed by Brawl Stars in their last home game of the season, so you definitely want to check this out if you can. Yep. Um, and they'll be playing Queen City. I think Queen City's ranked around 20th or something like that in the world. Where's Queen City from? They're from... Buffalo. Yeah, that's right. Buffalo, New York. Um, and it should be home really... Home Buffalo Wings and... Yeah. The Bills. And, and the Bills. Um, and almost nothing Wait, wasn't, wasn't Buffalo Bill the serial killer was from Buffalo? I and by know. that, I mean from the movie Silence of the Lambs. I don't factual. remember. I've never seen Silence of the Lambs. It he also could just be from Bison person. Country. Oh, that's a good point. Oh. Or maybe because he skinned people, like skinning buffaloes. And he wore huh? them. Like a lot to think about. Anyway, uh. that's for another episode. So yeah, definitely come out. I don't know. I think doors open at like 5 or something. I don't ever know. First it's on whistle. the internet. Is it like 5.30 or 6? Yeah. And you should go. If you buy tickets online, it's cheaper. Buy tickets online. If you do that, it'll be cheaper for you, and you should come out because it'll be really fun. And you could cheer me on. And the Yay. other people that are there. 
but mostly me. Spare parts will be there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll be yeah, helping yeah. with the bench on the Brawl Star game. Yeah. Like you'll be on all fours being the bench and people sit on. <laughs> she don't is the put bench. that idea out there. <laughs> they might do it. She's the assistant bench coach assistant for the Brawl Assistant coach. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I do that every time it's brought up and I very rarely get laughed. Assistant to the regional manager. <laughs> I always do that like when I first got it and they're like assistant, like, assistant to the bench coach. It's and funny. They're like, they're like, wait, what? Yeah. Huh? <coughs> what? No, if you don't get it, we shouldn't be friends. Um. So yeah, Billy, are you going to be there? Billy? Uh, I suppose I should try to be. Saturday? Yeah. Because it to might be, be the last one. It might be the last too. one <sighs> that I can attend. Yeah, the next one will be July 22nd. So I might be yeah. gone. Yeah. I might be gone. Not dead. Moving. Billy's got big moves. Well, we I'm can't moving. go into details. I mean, I guess we can't, but. we can't, de- I mean... We could die in a month, so we can't discount that. I mean, don't Christ. die. <laughs> no, I was saying you're not dying. That's not why you won't be here, but yeah. we technically can't. I'm not omni, what is it? Omnipresent or whatever. What are you trying to Omni- say? Omnipotent. Omnipotent? You're not omnipotent. <laughs> I'm not God. I'm not God. <laughs> so, uh, or maybe I am. I don't know. But anyway. <laughs> I, don't know I think you that. would know. Would you, though? Holy uh, shit. Does God know he's God? Or her. Sorry, yeah. I have to. Does God know they are yeah. God? There we go. Does God know? But that's God? plural. But that's they might poor not grammar. Know. But yeah. they could be gender neutral. Gender and neutral. They probably is they. are. They're probably gender neutral. It just sounds grammatically incorrect, but it is correct. It is correct. Don't right. get us started on anyway. this. Anyway, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, hopefully I'll be there. Ugh, Billy. If you're not there, we, we don't live stream you. our games. Holy shit, get off my dick about this. I'll try to be there. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> No, 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 no. We are not on your dick, Billy. For one. But two. <laughs> For I'm one. Not. Good point. I wasn't <laughs> yeah, thinking of that. Yeah. But well, good point. We'll start with that. We're not. Two, in this metaphorical whatever situation, I will not because you claimed to be our super fan last year. And yet, how many games have you... We have only had one. But how many of our oh! so far home games have you made? I'll admit, 0% of yeah. one have I yeah. attended. Yeah. But you said you would come and you... Just weren't there. How many games did you come to you last year? You wanted to. I wanted to come. What? How many games did you come to last year? Two. Out of how many? How many home games do we have? Five. We had five home games. You came to two? I came to 40%. That's all I needed on my electrical engineering final to pass. Two out of five? Is it an electrical engineering? <laughs> two out of five is bad. It's not okay. Yeah. Because two out of three ain't bad. Except it wouldn't be bad if it were two out of three. You guys know who sings that? Yeah. Meatloaf. Meatloaf. Cool. <laughs> Duh. What kind of weirdos cool. do you think we are? Yeah. That's sweet. Um, uh, so, yeah. What else is happening? Find us on Facebook, looselyintellectual at gmail.com. Excuse me. All the places. <laughs> Highly unprofessional. <laughs> what else? Um, Leave us You're a no review. longer a shareholder in this, Billy. So. I'm a stakeholder. I'm holding a 16-ounce right ribeye. I've been holding it the whole episode. <laughs> That's why the dogs won't leave us alone. Except they're nowhere to be found right now. Oh, also, earlier in the episode, if you heard panting, that wasn't us, the dogs. Or was it? Pant. That was me. I was talking too quickly, and I lost my... Just whenever Billy talks about what he enjoys talking about. <laughs> Phil gets winded real easily because he's so He old. was eating too fast. That, too, yeah. He was eating and a so treat. then it was too much, too quick. Life is too much for him. All okay. right. Uh, all right. Well, I just want to say there should be more research on strength training for derbiests. I thought derbiests you were about to say something. For boutists. <laughs> on this podcast. Um, I'd like to see that. Uh, you know what, Billy? You could do it. I 
Do you have there a are headaches? I just might. Well, well there. Yeah, you should do that. Yeah, I think you should. We'll see. And then yeah. All right. Namaste. <laughs> <laughs> so, so to wrap it up, Billy, last time, do you want to lead it? Uh. No, you guys do it. Okay, okay. you have to chime in though. All right, I'll okay. do it. <laughs> I'm going to fuck it up like four times on purpose. (laughs) So until next time, make sure to keep it loose. Loose. Lee Intellectual. intellectual.